0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett Martin. I am an alcoholic, and I'm grateful for my sister-in-law, Darcy. As of this recording, I am 630 days sober, and today we are welcoming back friend of the podcast and my sober sibling, Kristen. Welcome back. Hey Steve,
1: nice thanks for having me back.
0: Yes, it is always good having a true friend on. I know it's been a minute since our last episode. I think it was when we were celebrating our anniversaries.
1: Whoa, then yeah, that was a while ago.
0: So what's been going on since then?
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, a lot and also not that much. I got my anniversary, as did you. Congratulations. I started sponsoring. I might have, maybe we're just on the verge of that. Yeah. Probably every year. So I've had two Sponsies so far I have been I mean we still go to mustard seed all the time although I go a little less maybe than I used to as I've been going to more in person and sort of trying some other meetings and styles out life-wise things are pretty much the same still in Brooklyn still you know kicking it with my nieces living the life
0: and out of all the things we could spend our day talking about why did you choose sober but stuck (laughs)
1: I mean maybe just because I'm a moody emo bitch but no I thought I have been feeling a little stuck and it's one of those things where I feel like maybe just talking about it would help you know so I I picked that I, I don't know that I would like only describe myself as stuck you know I think there's been a lot of progress in a lot of ways but I feel like I'm not the only person who feels funny and like adolescent at about a year and a half, which
0: is what we have. So I thought it would be a topic. Yeah, I certainly agree. It was suggested by listener and former guest Mark. So it's something that, you know, obviously people want to hear about because we all go through it no matter how long we have in the program. If you're in it like long enough or sober long enough, like there are highs and lows. And so I think part of it, like looking back, I know that we both shared our stories before, but like Today, looking back at those beginning day counting days, how do you remember those? What was it like?
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't know if this is if I'm the only person who feels this way, but I consistently look back on the worst periods of my life with this weird twinge of, of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I think because everything was so intense. And a lot of times when I like, there's no part of me that wants to go back there. I know objectively it was so hard. And yet I have, it's like I was just. Feeling my feelings, you know, crying every night, connecting with people, like really in the swirl, and so like my memories of that are really vivid and kind of like I don't know, just I think we say this a lot when people come in and do qualifications, but it's like the people who are who are in the rooms with you, especially have a little bit more time, feel like celebrities, you know. It's just like every experience is a little more intense, and so. I am very, very grateful. I'm no longer there. Um happy to have the time that I do, but yeah, it was, I, I, I was, I was alive for better or for worse. Is <laughs> how I would describe myself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can agree. I mean, I look back and like, especially those like first few days, like I remember just like being a mess, like not being able to like comprehend a full sentence or two. I remember like being at work and someone would be like, Spent a half an hour talking to me about what my assignment is for the day and they leave the room and within five seconds i'd look over at my coworker and be like wait what Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I like i definitely had like a fog brain like as i was going through yeah. dts but like even after that like i had the like i went to a wedding five days or six days sober which was not the best Good. idea but i just remember it being like everything like you said like very intense but at the same time, I was like ready to do anything. And like right. that, that, I think, is like something that like we forget sometimes. It's like that newness yeah. of like that earnest desire of like, you exactly. need to make this work.
1: Right. Which is when it goes away, you have to find other motivations and sort of fuel, which is maybe why Sober and Stuck then becomes a good topic.
0: Yeah. And since we both work a program, a 12-step program, what was your experience like going through the steps?
1: I mean, it was really powerful. I had a sort of rough start. I had three sponsors in like three weeks. But when I really got a sponsor that I cared about a lot... She really helped me. I mean, it's funny now because now I'm doing it with a sponsee and I just said my memories are very intense and vivid and that's true in terms of like the room I was in or like people's faces. But when I try to now remember like what the hell my sponsor said to me when I was working with someone, it's a total blank. I'm like, well, I, she must've said something. It saved my life. But did my brain record the words so I could say them to a sponsor? No, it certainly did not. But yeah, I mean, I remember doing a lot of journaling, a lot of talking sort of at, my poor sponsor, kind of my mouth going a mile a minute for like, especially for the first few, I felt a lot of relief on step three. I remember like I started saying that prayer that I still say. And then I sat on step four, the way it seems like many, if not most people do, but then worked it and had a very powerful step five experience where I was in L.A. Where my sponsor lives, she'd been my, you know, we, we mostly talked over Zoom. So we did it in person and that was really
0: profound and and i'm
1: really grateful for it and then eight nine and ten sorry no this is going a little long they were powerful they they didn't have and this has been true actually of almost a, a lot of people I've spoken to, especially women, being sponsored by women, that I I imagined this like giant apology tour through the wreckage of my life, and my sponsor mostly was like, no, I don't think that person needs to hear from you. So I only really did two or three in person. Men's. A few more sort of like, and probably should still do some more where I just like write the letter and don't send it. But I do think it helped a lot in that now I feel like I know what an amend is and I can just make it kind of casually right away. And then 11 and 12, I mean, I'm still working on 11 to try and get a prayer meditation practice going, but I do. And then 12 is sponsoring. So now I'm in the, in the thick of it.
0: You're in the thick of it for sure. And while, (laughs) while going through those steps, did you find yourself in any ruts along the way?
1: Yeah. Well, I mentioned the sort of sitting on step four oh, yeah. that feels that felt like a rut at the time or just it just never felt satisfying. And even now, like, you know, some people work the steps every year and I do feel like I got lost in the weeds a lot that first time or I just was like writing and writing, and writing, Am I doing this right. Am I doing that right? And like I kind of almost wish or have the idea that I would try to do it again, kind of more with my gut. Instead of, like, getting the right answers, saying the true answers, I feel like maybe I did that a few times or, like, was too good of a student. So, yeah, I think less of a rut in that I, like, it was good to, I don't know, my homework doing brain does its homework. You know, like, I I could turn in the paper. But, like, was I engaging with it emotionally in the best way? I'm not sure. Certainly as, as well as I could do at the time. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I can really I did everything I could to like not start the fourth step until I was yep. like had no choice but like to do anything else. And I was like, OK, now I'll do it. But like right. that was a rut. And then like writing out all my amends, like I was expecting it to be what we were like way worse. And I think part of it was because like, like you, like my sponsor was like you don't need to get into all that or like, they don't need to hear it, or like, yeah. there's no way you can track down that person. Cause you need to learn what their first name is like before you sleep with them, like not after, not, not after you've burned it all down, but like before right. you get to know them. So, yeah. you know, but I definitely am glad that it's done, but it'll be interesting also like going back down the road and like doing them again. Cause I know that that's like something people do and right. like going in deeper. Cause I definitely think that like, especially like, with my resentments, like, there were things that, like, I didn't go as deep into, like, well, in fourth grade, this person who bullied me, like, I heard people, like, who have, like, books of things that, like, chronic, like, go through their whole life, and mine was really just, like, what's going on with my life at that time? Like, my list was all people, like, in that job that I'm not even at anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think man's have the most power. and maybe only are the most are useful when a relationship is ongoing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that was a question I asked myself a lot. It's like, if I've lost track, lost touch with this person, they have not expressed any interest to hear from me for good reason. I don't want to reconnect with them. Yeah. What good does it do to call them up and be like, Hey, remember the time I sucked? Like yeah. I will continue not to do that because we're never going to talk again. You mm-hmm. know? So I don't know. I, I'm curious. This is slightly sidetrack, but I was talking to somebody the other day and I realized we both sort of have the idea sometimes that if we have a resentment, there's some, not that we don't have a heart, but like, is there something for us to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, I guess we just work Oh, Did you freeze?
0: No, I'm here. Okay. I was just listening um, very intently.
1: You were, you really were. I don't even know if I want to follow this conversational trail but anyway my friend was just like i have this real resentment to this person that i like don't see and don't engage with and i don't really think i did anything wrong other than be sort of jealous you know but so i can't apologize for having like a negative feeling you know what yeah. I, mean? and I know that it's my part so like what do i do and i was like i don't know <laughs> i don't know how you like Cause 'cause it's not quite the correct use of an amend to just make a feeling go away. Do you know what I mean? And that actually leads into like, I don't know. We'll talk probably about other 12 step programs, like Al-Anon or something where it's just like, man, relationships are complicated and it's, it's hard to, to know how to, how to manage them well. But anyway.
0: Yeah. I think we're all figuring it out. Yeah, but what would you say are some of the m- more difficult moments you've faced in your recovery
1: ever you mean in the past year and a half
0: yeah
1: yeah I well right after I got sober I had a kind of scary kind of like both work but also personal situation kind of blow up in my face where it would have been very scary and stressful at the best of times but When I actually look at the three, like the stuff that happened in the three months after I got sober, I'm just like, it's astonishing that that all happened right then. Like, it's just ridiculous that I was managing that at the same time I was managing to get sober. And it's like, on the one hand, all of those things, like in one way or another, had their roots in my behavior when I was drinking. So it's like, it's not like, as I sometimes felt, God was punishing me. And yet, the, Timing of it was kind of extraordinary. And so like, I think about how, and I, and I mean, I was, I mean, I was lucky that I had my sponsor and I had meetings and all of that stuff at that time and it adds that feeling of intensity where i was just like living life at the highest pitch being like i don't know how to live like somebody tell me and yeah. all these things were kind of crashing in that were really pushing me to my limit so since then i feel like you know i've had relationship conflicts or you know problems with my parents or but there's just been nothing of like that whirlwind that like carried me in to sobriety yeah i was gonna say
0: yeah. I, I remember you went yeah. through quite the whirlwind there for like quite a while like every day was like another episode of like I as know.
1: Kristen's world
0: turns like
1: i know i know and i was like at the time i was like am i making this out like is this just life have i just been drunk this whole no just a lot of really intense things happened in like may june and july or whatever of early sobriety and yeah thank think Thank God, like I said, I have sobriety to get me through it, you know, but yeah,
0: uh, that's awesome. and what about any recent ruts you've been encountering?
1: So yeah, well, I guess I could say about to yeah to move into the question of what a sobriety rut looks like, and I want to hear what you have to say too i I guess I started kind of alluding to it when I was like i I feel on the one hand, I feel strong in my sobriety. It's at the core of my life. I go to a lot of meetings. I do a lot of service. I have a sponsee. I have a sponsor. I don't I've worked the steps. I'm grateful for what is given me, which is a lot. At the same time, for example, a lot of people say like they don't get cravings anymore. Mm-hmm. And I still get them every day. Like today, I wanted to like go get some ramen. And I went in and I sat down and I was like, whoa, I don't know if I can stay here because I want a beer so bad. Like the people to my right, and my left were drinking. I was just like, when does that go away? You know, and sort of similarly, like I was saying about the relationship stuff, I feel like I do try to engage with other people differently. And I, I am better for, you know, having worked the steps and like made amends and all that. But it's just like. People still really complicate it. I just think I like have not like how dare they offer me a set of tools for living that don't solve all my problems in 18 months, you know, like, what is this giving my money back? But like, yeah, I would say that like the two things that both strike me is that my interpersonal relationships still like with my, with everybody, you know what I mean? I'm not talking about, but just like, I often still bump up against them. I don't feel like I know, how to use the tool or I think a rut is like, I feel like I'm using the tools and yet I'm still kind of like, for whatever reason, having a hard time, you know, if I'm not, if I'm just not using the tools it's not a rut, it's just me being lazy and I, I can do that. But a rut is when I'm like, well, I went to a meeting and I prayed on it. I talked to my sponsor about it and I made three calls and I put in the God box and I'm like, this person's still driving me crazy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah. What about you? What, do, what is? I mean, answer? it really
0: depends on like how you define it. Cause like there definitely have been like, ruts in my recovery where i'm not working as hard but it is like you said like it is a rut just laziness because like i've had those times where like i recorded a month of episodes in advance so i didn't have to do any podcasting for three weeks and i wasn't planning any sober socials in my area until the following month and so like there yeah. might be like three or four weeks where like I'm maybe going to three or four meetings a night, like a week. But like when I go to the meetings, I'm like on my phone playing my games the entire time. Like I definitely have been guilty of having like those kinds of ruts where like I was still doing the things, but it was like the bare minimum and I wasn't reaching out to people. But like, that was like a lack of work. I would say that like, in terms of when I was doing all the things and it felt like it wasn't working, it was kind of burnout from like the best week ever. But like last week when I went to GSM and like, I saw you in New York and like, I had like the best time of my life. Like it was a really hard, like going back to the real world after that, like after spending a week, like with my fellows, finding this community of like, like like-minded, sober, like queer people and just like living my, free authentic life and not having a worry in the world or not having to work or have sales goals or like a husband to take (laughs) care of. And just like being out on my own, like coming back, like life was hard. And like, I would reach out to people all day long. I would go to multiple meetings and like at the state I was like, still like, I don't like my life. Like I want to just be living recovery, which is impossible. Like part and of as, like the reading we, that you had me do last, last night. night yeah.
1: Just, just said, yeah. but do you feel, I mean, speaking of being on your phone in meetings, I mean, do you have that feeling? i sometimes I'm just, sometimes meetings are the most profound things I've ever been to. Like, The entire human tapestry on display, like people and their feelings, miracles happening. And then other times they're so boring, I like cannot pay attention to save my life. And I'm just like, and it's really mostly true on Zoom. I don't think if I get to a meeting, is that true? Sometimes I'm crawling out of my skin, but I'm not bored in the same way. Yeah, But after once in a while, like, I just... It feels like everybody's saying the same thing over and over and over. And I just this like bratty little like teenager in my head is like, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. It's so mean. And then there's something shifts and I love them again, but it's very real.
0: Oh yeah. And I I think that like it's also different in that like since we're Zoom babies, like, yeah, people will act differently like on a Zoom meeting than they would ever in a person person right. like in-person meeting. I mean, there have been like in a couple of in-person meetings where I was not feeling it. It was not for me, but like the struggle was me staying awake and keeping my eyes open because they just kept mm-hmm. on like closing as yeah. I was like drifting off and it wasn't yeah. great. But I've also been to like some of the best meetings I've been to have been in person ones. But like online, you if you look through, like especially when I bounce and like I'm watching all the boxes for like sketchy people, like the number yeah. of people I see like clearly like doing something else or asleep or like right. closing oh, their I eyes oh i fell asleep
1: in a zoom meeting which traveling like the other day and i was so embarrassed i was like on my i thought my camera was off and i was on my phone and then i was asleep and then i was back up on my phone and then i looked at my computer and i just saw myself you know like sprawled out in utter disarray and i was so embarrassed
0: i know and i'm sure like it happens to people yeah. but like <laughs> like you know there was one person in our meeting for a while that like at the the end of fellowship they're still there and they haven't moved and you're like are they alive like are they breathing? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But, but so. yeah, I think getting stuck, yeah, that was like the one time where, it, and I think it just the solution for that was time, like adjusting yeah. back to life and having to realize that like I can't just completely change yeah. my life because I had one good awesome week. Right. Um, but ultimately, like, did have good things. Like, that weekend is what inspired me like, move out of sales and now yeah. I'm happy. So it, it worked. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how, how have you found yourself overcoming ruts when you get into them?
1: Well, I think one thing is and we I not mean, we've talked about this before too it's like sometimes especially at the beginners meeting at mustard seed it feels like oh i shouldn't take up time from the people who are just counting days and i think sometimes that's true like if there's a lot of newcomers i'll put my hand up but then i need to go to a different meeting because if i'm not getting my hand up like once my hand is up i'm paying attention if only because my ego is like you don't want to say something somebody already said you know yeah. or whatever so making sure I have a reason to pay attention, whether it's having my hand up or service. I think that's right. And I also try to listen to my boredom. That's the thing I do with writing, too, is like if I'm bored, maybe I'm not getting what I need. Like sometimes you just have to push through it. But other times it's like maybe you need a literature meeting or a step meeting or another to- another program, which is you know something I thought about a lot and have been try- experimenting with, you know, because that's how you grow. So sometimes it's a sign that like, yeah, this is not working. Try somewhere else. Yeah, I guess so far that's what I've what I've been doing. And sponsorship, I do think, is really like where it's at. I feel like if you're not trying to sponsor, like that's why you would pay attention. Like I did step one. Like, why would I ever have to pay attention to step one again? It's like, oh, if I'm trying to explain it to someone, I'm like, oh, I actually have no idea what it is. <laughs> I have yeah. to learn it all over again. And I think that's probably like long term, the real key is that you don't actually know anything until you've t- tried to teach it
0: yeah like it yeah it'll work out for me eventually i'm not bothered
1: i mean doing it is it working out it's like that story about bill being like nobody's getting sober you know and then lois is being like Bill, you're the one who's still sober you know what i mean like there's no not working i know i know it's like hard but yeah if you're doing it it's working out
0: yeah and we both mentioned how like service helps keep us sober what does service mean to you
1: I mean, a lot of it's just a reason I have to, sh- like, I have to show up. You know what I mean? I feel like I am <laughs> codependent and responsible enough that, like, just not wanting to get in trouble or let people down is something like will get me out of bed where this is good for you and may even save your life, won't, you know? And so a lot of it is just like external. It's like an exoskeleton, you know, yeah. to make me actually go to meetings. Yeah, I feel like that's it. It's just like practice getting I have a problem in my real life saying no you know like I'll say yes to things I, sometimes I feel like the like first explanation of service in AI which is like you're inherently selfish and you need to think about other people for once in your goddamn life is like not quite reflective of me and the way that I like I'm selfish. Do you know what I mean? Like you can be selfish by always being like, I'm such an angel. I help everyone. I say yes to everything. Da, 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 da. I'm seething with resentment underneath. You know what I mean? So for me asking myself, like, am I really being of service? A thing I did actually that I feel like is big for me is that I nominated, I was nominated to be the overall chair. I told you about this at the group I go to in person and I just felt in my gut, I'm not ready. I don't want to do this right now. I don't think I'm the right person. And it was so hard for me to be like, couldn't say no, I had to be like, can I think about it? And then I called my sponsor and I was like, I don't think this is the right service position for me right now. And we talked it through and she was like, that sounds good. And I told the people and they were so fine with it. And I feel like being honest about your capabilities also is trying to be like, can I really be of service? You know what I mean?
0: Uh, I need to hear that because I need people to like me More than anything.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And it's its own set of like props, you know? And that's what Al Anon is for. (laughs) AA, the sequel, Al Anon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And if someone is listening right now and is struggling in their sobriety, what advice would you have for them?
1: I mean, go to a meeting, call your sponsor, read the literature, make phone calls. I mean, that's the funny thing about AA advice that's different from friend advice or therapy advice it's so simple you know like there is no other answer Mm -hmm. and if you've done all that stuff and you still have a question like there might not be an answer right now like that's the thing about like with ruts we might just have to be in a rut like that's powerlessness right that's step one sometimes you're just like wow this isn't that fun or profound or meaningful wow i'm so sorry that being sober isn't exciting for you right now You know, like, grab me a fucking river, sometimes you're in a rut. So that's what I would say, but also, like, it'll probably pass, because everything does. I'm in it right now, so I also don't have, you know, call someone with more sobriety than me, because right now this is the problem of living rather than one that I have solved.
0: (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for coming back on and talking about overcoming those ruts in sobriety
1: yeah no thanks for having me it's always so fun to talk to you
0: yes and this is normally the point where we would plug your socials but they don't exist
1: no they're secret
0: so no, instead secret. i will plug mine you can follow me at gay A podcast on instagram or email me at 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 gmail.com if you want more Kristen, definitely head on over to our patreon page because we're going to head on over there for our post show where we're going to talk about our experience sponsoring And if you want to share your story or get involved, email me and follow us wherever you're listening so you can get new episodes when they come out every Thursday. Until next time, stay sober, friends.